I mean, okay. <laughs> I mean, so much for professionalism, guys. Uh huh. Okay. There's like three times we started the stream, and and you didn't even have a checklist running. I don't even know. Checklist on my yeah. thing doesn't say anything actually. Well, you need to build it starting now. I mean, because uh, I wasn't building it for you other than building the structure. So it's on the the portable drive that we keep passing back and forth has, you know, a numbered list of stuff, and one of them is show, and in there I think is a checklist. Okay, so live and learn. So for our last show, um, even though I clipped out the music that we had going for the first break, 17 seconds was enough to agitate, even though I was talking over it and it was fading in. Um, 17 seconds was enough to agitate some bot somewhere. So we're going to edit that and re-upload that. It's still worth having up there, even though it's it's the rambly mess of not knowing what we're doing. Some, there was some interesting stuff in there. I'm actually thinking um, I could go back through all of the, like all of everything, even the past stuff or tests and stuff, and uh, clip out and upload some of that, some of the actual points, possibly clean them up and put them up on my own channel, this kind of stuff. Um, the, the notion of having one full live stream of just rambly stuff I like, but having... Having topics is kind of nice. I know a lot of podcasts, what they do is they, they will. So if they've got an interview, for example, you can have that interviewer and uh, that interviewer interviewee name set in the title of the video. And then people can at least know something. But the problem with a podcast is it's just, this is week number X, right? What is this like our five, fifth, something like this? I. <clears throat> Oh, wait a sec. I'm holding the thing right here. Um, let's see. <laughs> They're not actually numbered. One, two, three, four, five, six, oh, seven, man. eight, nine, ten, eleven. You mean you can control A and it will count the number of items, won't it? At least my my modified explorer will do that. Or I could just move my mouse and painfully count them out. It's not like there's a hundred sure. or so. Yeah, well, okay, so... So there's a fair amount of stuff, and the thing is, oh, well, obviously not knowing what we're doing is a problem, but I do get into some interesting rambly stuff. There's no mechanism for us to know ahead of time what things we might be talking about, such that we could have that in the title, for example, or our description. So you were talking about, well, the notion is that it is theoretically possible to have a timestamp and the kind of general uh, topic in a stream. And I've seen other people's long rambly, well, okay, shorter than us, but still long, long rambly videos where they go off on all kinds of tangents. And somebody in the comments is uh, actually paying attention. Like some people have like the hour and a half long YouTube videos kind of in the background. And they'll have it playing, and it's it's like not quite ASMR, pink noise. It's it's just off there. But some people do pay attention well enough, and some people are uh, you know, cursed enough to need to really pay attention and take notes. And 
you'll see comments on YouTube videos where somebody is actually timestamped and added topics. And we should be so lucky that somebody else would do that kind of work for us. Um, I, I, I'd, I'd give them props every episode for doing that kind of thing. Uh, it is also theoretically possible to upload stuff and then have YouTube's uh, because we don't, we have voices and YouTube has been forced slash has implemented uh, artificial intelligence to walk through videos just like the copyright stuff, but it also does that to do automatic transcription. And so it is possible for us to upload something, uh, maybe even upload something ahead of time to some other channel and just not advertise the channel but to get the transcription and have that as a quick reference and then just read through and then add timestamps. It is possible for us to do that fairly, not terribly hard, but, um, so yeah, it's doable. And my argument was, I think we didn't even talk about this on stream. My argument was it's too much work for not enough payback. Um, for not enough payout. So the return on investment for something like that is, is negligible. It would be more valuable to to talk, ramble, whatever the heck, hopefully having um, topics up front and then just manually clipping them out and having them as separate things. Um, I've, I will tend to explore through topics roughly and then sit down and have a semi-scripted, oh, well, let's, let's just say a constrained random thought video. It's constrained to that one topic. That's what I tend to do. So I'll ramble off, I'll touch on something and then I'll do something standalone, separate from a, a live thing. So it's like the live thing is practice or is uh, the warm up for sitting down and doing proper videos. I don't really intend to do that here because we can always follow up in a different show and, and like I can talk in greater detail on any particular thing from a previous show. This is especially true if there's somebody in the audience that has a comment or a question from like if they're a regular and they come back and they're like, Hey, you talked about this, but you're full of crap or whatever the heck. Cause I'll, do something off the top of my head without looking it up. So, but one thing that could be done is because I'm the person that goes and I don't listen to all of it after the fact, although I actually like, I've had some really good points. So I've actually sat and I listened to my own stuff and uh, I'll probably do it in full well after the fact, just as it's just like the diary concept. So journaling every day, the videoing every X amount of time. So twice a week for us, it would be possible for me a month later to listen to the full show and in doing that, take notes or what have you. And I would one month later, maybe have more commentary on it. Maybe I will have subconsciously been mulling over some topic or other, or I'll be able to better explain it. And so I could bring up some, it's kind of like inspiration from old self to current self for ideas to talk about with that, with an upcoming show. It is possible to do that. And it is possible for me to listen to the old stuff and then clip out the best of this. This is the best of from last month or whatever the heck. 
and then have a, a more topic oriented video. So it is perhaps it is almost certainly intimidating for somebody to get into like a, a, a lot of people. There are a lot of different kinds of people. So there are some people who we would like as audience members to get in to get into other stuff, but they're intimidated, not is in an insulting manner, but they are they are pushed away by the simple number of minutes listed as for the video because they think ahead of time in terms of watching the entirety of, of the thing in one sitting which i mean that's not a thing for podcasts it's you don't you don't have to do it all in one day and but some people when they're watching a youtube video or something like that that is kind of the way people think I know it is for me. I'll open open things in new tabs, and I'll just I'll end up bookmarking stuff when I run out of time during the day, and I want to go live my life, or what have you, and and so it is possible to to, to curate from past episodes. I think it's unreasonable to try to do any more than we currently have, which is like I was saying ten minutes, ten maybe even fifteen minutes, and you were saying maybe five-ish around there, even less, like three to seven, something like this, which is, which helps me a little bit. Um, I would, I would do like major, major clips and I, I would go a little bit insane about it. Um, cause, cause I do find more than one particularly interesting thing. And it's, I think it's a shame that people who get into who people who just bump into something perhaps they get referred via sidebar the right hand side on youtube for at least for desktop um for a desktop browser they'll they'll get that listing there and it is unlikely to have like a two and a half hour show get recommended and for them to just go oh it hey podcast 26 that looks interesting (laughs) with no topic listed and so the idea of cutting stuff out, of having, of having concise topic oriented videos might actually be necessary, uh, so much so that I'm actually going to note that. So what do we call this? Like topic clips? Yeah. Like, yeah, I'll I say guess. that. And that might be something to for me to personally work on because that's value adding. That's that is me using the expertise I already have to add value to the entirety of the show and to get people. And I think that's important. And if a person can get a concentrated version of like a value without having to um, ride out the terrible beginnings for shows or the before my topics or whatever the heck as i'm getting warmed up they don't need to ride that out they can get these these nice long clips from inside a show talking about a topic that will help them understand what they would be getting into because as soon as somebody's highly interested in the five or ten minute decent stuff then they could they could suffer through the first x amount of minutes of a podcast before getting in so for example 
it is not enough for me to be an awkward speaker and for a person to be allured by the ASMR of my randomly speaking for them to actually sit there through an entire show and then finally catch on to something intellectually stimulating. I think people deserve to know upfront what they're getting into and that I would genuinely be talking about some topic that would fascinate them. So right now it's, it's, uh, it's blind. People are coming in blind, not knowing what's going on. Even right now, it's like, well, that's a funny name for a, for a podcast. <laughs> that's about all they have going for them, which is kind of terrible. Um, so I actually have one of the largest problems is having ideas to talk about up front, which is very related to that previous problem. So listening to last month's work is one way of riffing off of our own stuff. And without an audience that's actively engaged, you know, it's trolling one another from which I can pull out ideas. Absent of that, it kind of has to be self-generated. Absent of the, the, the past stuff, it has to be on the fly, which is fine. I mean, obviously we've had, how many did you say? Did you say 11? Sure. I don't sure want to look at it. I really don't want to look at it right now. Just... Yeah, there's your memory. Awesome. Okay, that's the one job I need you to get better at. Um, and me saying um is one of the things I want to talk about. But having that many shows obviously demonstrates that there is, like, like there is enough of me to spread out. I'm not really adding that much filler in actual live shows. Okay, so. I do want to get into saying, um, but I, I did want to mention, so previously I talked about, I talked about the vitamin E thing. I talked about voice quality. I've talked about water, about hydration. I want to bring those all together. So every once in a while, um, it, so previously I was rather badly afflicted with the kind of phlegmy voice and you notice this kind of thing when you record and then you end up doing what i do which is i like listening to old me because old me had some really interesting points so i listen to old me and maybe i i kind of improve my opinions or maybe i become a little bit more eloquent about certain things because i get a chance to listen to it again and i get and there's been some time that maybe i've thought about it and if you've got a phlegmy voice or if you've got strange equipment or whatever the heck, you will notice, you know, people say that they really hate the sound of their own voice. It's way more than that once you get into the narration, podcasty type stuff. Well, the sound of your voice sounds different from when you, well, from how it feels true. like when you talk, because most right. people rarely hear their own voice. Well, yeah, it's basically unnatural. It's also why echoes are so strange for, I mean, this is why dogs bark at their own echo, which is a bad loop. You mean shadow? Uh, hmm? You mean shadow? I've seen dogs bark at their shadows. Well, yeah, but I'm saying that a dog barking, the sound in their head is different from the sound of echoing mm. back. So it is very much the same. Like there's an animal version of us that will hear our own voice and just not, it's not right. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you really need to pay attention to 
to the quality of the voice, not just the the voice. Because past me from a month ago is not current me, so I don't. It it's not. I'm not weirded out in that sense because I can. I can separate that as a distinct individual. And maybe I'm really strange for that, but I got to reproduce a little bit of that in you when you had that uh, the, the logging practice that I was talking about, where you can actually make distinct versions of yourself from just writing basic notes and then coming back and referring to them in one day, one week, one month, theoretically one year. Um, oh. you will get a more distant, certainly as your memories fade, but you will get a more distant version of, it's not quite you. Um, and this helps you tell you that you're progressing or regressing. It helps you give you ideas, but it's you and not you. So there's notions of people beat themselves up whenever they examine themselves too closely when it's real time people absolutely have crippled self-esteem because of it so for and this this is just you can say it's immediate feedback with self-reflection or something like that so if you if you stand there on a scale and your goal is for some reason you think number there's a number on a scale that and that's a goal and so you're, you're like, well, you, you pinch around your belly button. You go, there's, there's, I'm pinching too much. And my doctor says this and, you know, my friends say that, or I, and you have, you get this number in your head and then you stand on a, a little slab of metal and that slab of metal gives you a number and you don't like the number. There's all kinds of stuff that's wrong with all of that. And you, but the thing is, if you're standing on that in real time and thinking all those thoughts, there is an immediacy that that makes you suffer at that moment. But if you were to stand on that and not look at the, the number and record that and then come back and and look at that, look at a number from last month and you were to do that every day and you just look at last month. There's a detachment there where you will, you will, it, it's still, there's still all manner of things that are wrong with that number, with the idea of the number, and you're still going to be looking and pinching your gut. So there's all kinds of stuff. This, this is a little bit wrong, but if you detach by looking at past information, it's not so, it's, it's not so, um, it's not so hard on you. It's the same thing with, if you're writing your progress notes, don't, don't, uh, if it's a terrible pain for you to, to look at things immediately, um, then just look at stuff from a little bit later, from a little bit in the past and a little bit in the past. At any rate, I was talking about, about voice quality and the thing about listening to yourself in after the fact and, and listening in terms of listening for content and quality for past vocal work is you'll, it isn't the 
the sound difference from your head to the recording that makes it weird. There's a weirdness in you're paying attention. You're paying attention to the quality of the the speaking. Not, I'm not talking about the content of the words or the eloquence of the way it's said. I'm not talking about like subtleties of timing and breathing. But there's quality in the kind of things like wetness of voice and plosives that get picked up when you're doing like audio work on previous. So for example, later, hopefully later today, um, when I take this stuff that I'm currently speaking right now and I pull it into audio editing software, I'll see my plosives and that will, it. but it was from earlier in the day. So it's not immediate feedback, but, but I do feel kind of bad. So it is, there is room for improvement. And it's just near enough to me that it it is a strong incentive for me to to learn from those mistakes. So I'll see those plosives. So this is like the letter P and stuff like this. And it has to do with the puff of air that comes and hits the mic. And it's one of the largest problems. It, it At least it's the first thing that people talk about when they're talking about quality for recording is they talk about plosives and there's a whole bunch of solutions that can be done for it. So for example, right now, right now I'm speaking into the mic and now that I'm reminding myself about plosives, <laughs> I'm going to move my mic quickly, but I'm going to mute myself because that's another thing that I, I learned. Okay. So, um, now what's happening is my, my seating arrangement, my head position, my mouth is all pointed the exact same way, but I moved my mic out of the way. So my, there is the same distance from mouth to microphone, but my, essentially my head is turned. Okay. But in reality, what's happened is I've moved the mic over from in front of my face to not beside my face, but in an angle in between. So it's, so the breath that I'm, uh, that I'm releasing every time I speak doesn't impact the mic in the same way. So this auto still sound about the same volume. If I turn my head, you might notice a volume difference. Uh, one of the problems with doing this is this is a stereo mic. So theoretically speaking, you might not hear me quite the same when I'm doing this, but it's pointed right at me. So it should be, it should be good. So, but I was talking about quality and I was talking about uh, voice quality. That's just plosive. But the other thing is that I've noticed is wetness. And wetness is the, there's the phlegmy gummy mouth that you get. You might see somebody on a stage or something that'll have, they'll have a bottle of water, which is good habit. And, and there are mechanical reasons for having that, for, for that being an improvement. So that's fine. The, um, the problem of the wetness in the voice, if you're talking about long-term narration, not just, not just speaking, if you're talking about uh, singing or something like that. We want to have hydration throughout the day. So I've talked about the problems of hydration before. And I want to bring that up again because I had cereal for breakfast. And one of the biggest problems that people who speak professionally, people who sing, one of the problems that they talk about is not having milk, perhaps not even in your diet, but not having certain drinks, maybe even certain foods because it directly impacts the structures around your vocal cords and it could actually do like it could in 
add inflammation and increase the so it will it will impact the quality of the voice and i had talked about like in different episodes so i had talked about in different shows both hydration and water in general and i've talked about what to do about the voice and i'm going to make two observations one is uh, the fact that i'm that i had cereal well first off cereal is not a good idea cereal in general is not a good idea including like bread or anything like that Uh, but know yourself and pay attention uh so for example i have there's a better deal for some reason there's a really good deal on cereal what makes it so what makes it so cereal is bad okay so (laughs) that's gonna take a little bit so if only we had um, grain okay so all all life on earth isn't put here for our gastronomic pleasure so not all things are just there to be wonderful to eat everything to some degree or or other has some mechanism after the fact has had uh, evolutionary characteristics which help it propagate and there's this is not wholly true now that humanity has found ways of engineering wrangling corralling food and so we can breed or cross pollinate we can essentially engineer life for diet yes and this is almost universally true with every single thing we eat it's not a bad thing i'm not adding a commentary on that but the life in general has qualities to it which made it survive through its uh, through its selection processes so and so you can go okay well this birds survive because they're very flighty uh, because so they're they're panicky and they react fast and they've got those reflexes and they can fly so they, they have certain things plants are exactly the same way plants have certain qualities to them which make them survive what would normally just be extinction so they they breed quickly you know weeds will create um, will flower or will seed really rapidly and will let them just grow all over the place so that when stuff comes along and kills them off it won't be able to kill all of it off or it will eventually reach out and find the the nice corners to go and grow in instead of being out in open fields where it'll get eaten for example or it'll just outgrow being eaten or right in in some cases that is how a plant will propagate it relies on uh, widespread seeding by being eaten and having for example seeds which are not completely consumed by everything that does eat it so some seeds will get eaten by certain kinds of birds and will get just get deposited out because it's not fully digested by that particular variety of bird now grain has the same characteristics there's a reason you're not going to see in nature um big mammals going after grain for some reason like cows don't go after grain 
and that's because the the grain has qualities to it that make it not as valuable a food source as the grasses um, and and it, it is a valid argument for you to say well okay but cows are they have this these multiple stomachs and the system in place and it's very they're very tuned for grass so grains just aren't appropriate and um, it, it, we're talking about like wildlife uh, things are a little bit weird as soon as humanity starts breeding certain kinds of animals and certain kinds of grains and stuff but so we're trying to think a little bit naturally so but these things all kind of evolved together so the grains and how the grains act were evolving next to the evolution of the animals around it and yet the animals around the grains did not don't persist to this day as grain eaters unless you start talking about things like locusts you're not looking at mammals there are no mammals that just go and graze on grain it's just not a normal thing maybe it's because grain is technically seasonal that's a good but even when it's in season like wolves aren't going after grain okay they're carnivores okay well omnivores aren't going after grain herbivores aren't going after grain we don't see like it's not like we killed off all the giraffe in north america that were grazing on all our grain there happened to not be any here but there was no equivalent that evolved in north america that eats grain it's just not a thing and that's because grain has evolved a quality in it that makes it undesirable to uh, for specifically a mammal to eat so one one parallel is ooh, it fell out of my head so that's grain um ah, hopefully it'll come back into into me later so the ah yes one parallel is rabbits okay so there is a there's a term for it i can't quite remember it it's a certain kind of starvation that occurs if a person eats rabbit rabbits aren't appropriate for humans and that is the case because the the uh, rabbit is extremely lean so if we were to have rabbit as our meat um, we're we're only getting nice lean efficient rabbit meat and we'll die uh, we'll die because it doesn't have everything we need in it and because it actually consumes calories to for us to eat and process stuff so for us to, to hunt and get so if we were to actually if we're starting to go hungry and we and rabbits are our food of choice and we just go hunting for rabbits um this is a thing and people have died because of this they will and it's perfectly tasty and all that and it's better than nothing but reliance on rabbit meat will have a person starve because of that right so it's like there is a an evolutionary trick in the very because animals eating and being eaten is just part of life so one of the qualities that rabbits have is 
it just ha so happens to be an extremely positive side effect that when they are eaten, they tend to not be an appropriate food source for a lot of stuff that would otherwise want to eat them. Not so true with birds, right? So you have a hawk or something that, that loves rabbits. But for people, we end up having to go after significantly larger game, not because it's necessarily easier, uh, pretty dangerous and still very hard, but because those are the ones that can't sustain us. Grain is very much the same, okay? Grain has mechanisms in it that actually, if we were to take whole grain and consume it raw, for example, any mammal, the totality of the grain also contains uh, essentially, it's not poison, right? But it, there are materials in the grain which counteract the beneficial uh, subtleties, so you can say like vitamins in the grain. So you're eating the grain, you're doing something like starvation from rabbit, where you're eating the grain and there may well be qualities in there that are amazing. So the, the fact that it's a seed means that it's quite a concentrated source of energy because the plant is investing a lot in it to, to create the essential, like the plant egg is what a seed is. And it's got a lot of of what the plant would need to sprout from and grow from a nothing into a proper plant that itself can seed that can actually you know it it's it's the the necessary stuff in there to grow another version of it. there's a lot in there that a, a mammal could eat but not only haven't mammals mammals have evolved away from that and mammals don't go back to it even though it's we have entire fields of it and Mammals won't, like rabbits don't go and eat grains because, right, they, they don't, like we'll have chickens and stuff. So we'll have other classes of creature that will very strongly like seeds because they're a totally different, they have totally different biological characteristics to humans, certainly. So humans eating grains is kind of unnatural. It's kind of like humans drinking milk after, after babyhood, right? After yeah, you, there are arguments for, for breastfeeding past childhood. And there's some is really a little weird and challenging to talk to like, listen to a mother who is talking about breastfeeding until the child just doesn't want to anymore. There's a little, that's kind of inappropriate. My view on that is it's kind of inappropriate because uh, uh, toddlers aren't adults that can make decisions, and the decisions need to be made by adults that are quote unquote brave enough to like to outline how that life will be shaped. I, I think it's just lazy to to pretend to notice certain cues that and non-thinking, you know, as pretty as a, as a, as a child is, it's not really a thinking being yet. So that's what the adult is for. Anyhow. So back to the grain thing. So yeah, you and I, even with our contemporary grain, it still has a lot of the qualities in it that 
make it, it still wants to defend itself, even though we've engineered that life. And even though we've engineered it for ourselves, we haven't engineered it with, even with this notion in mind, this is a fairly, you know, last however many decades kind of, it's not even a discovery. Like all life is like this. All plants regularly have poisons in them or something like that too. They, they can't go anywhere. So they try to make themselves either out propagate being consumed or they hide themselves or they they're, they're prickly um, or they so have they something else. It. So they get something in their trait that'll help them. That'll ensure their survival. Yeah. There, there is a reason why all life on earth has something in it with some exceptions like, uh, kiwi or something like that so uh, not kiwi not fruit the bird um and there are circumstances where it just never it hasn't had certain classes of predator ever and maybe it never would ever but humans decide to come along with a pregnant cat and that just wipes out the population of a certain kind of bird for example <laughs> or you know rats came off of a boat in australia that became a huge problem or the introduction of certain aggressive life because humans can travel so far so fast and we're we're ignorant of certain things or make mistakes or right so there are problems with it so but the there are invasive species that are that are problems because the the ecosystem evolved kind of co-evolved and everything has a balance where everything everything that does live has the defense mechanisms necessary and not a whole lot more that is unnecessary if it's some sort of like there's an efficiency to life where it's only just so and there might not be a whole lot of extra flexibility so that when some environmental change like a new predator comes out that predator might be devastatingly effective at preying on the existing life and it, it becomes a new selection pressure and eventually things will balance out but possibly that will render a certain kind of thing extinct so what we have in terms of plants is very much the same where we do have plants and we have competition so for example you can plant like there if you had a mature so say you bought a plot of land somewhere and it's really nice and woody and you if you buy land somewhere it should have trees because you can't grow trees from scratch but you can choose to cull them and cut them out even if it seems like a lot of work and you have that option you don't have the option to wait a couple hundred years for to plant new trees now there are reasons that you if let's say you have a nice plot of land the reasons why you would want to cut trees down not just because you want to clear space because you're building a road or you're putting a building in or something you actually want to cut things down so that you're chopping down old and like end of life trees that were starting to rot away and they might fall on their own they might be a disaster waiting to happen but pulling that down leaves room for young trees to pop up so plants have this thing where they they kind of crowd out one another because life tries to be maximally dense and so um 
there are situations where if you introduce uh, a new evolutionary factor, like a new predator, where that there will be other life that will take up the the new space that is that is on offer because something else is getting called out because it is not it's it's just taken advantage of in that in the new circumstances and it just gets wiped out or whatever other life will just kind of like the flexibility of all other life will kind of make what will maximally take up that um that that territory for example but but grain grain is a little bit interesting because humans are perfectly capable of eating quite a lot of grain and not dying obviously um and we've been engineering grain we've been engineering grain that's more drought resistant and pest tolerant and that that maybe grows faster or has certain qualities of working with certain soils or and, and so on but there's never been the concept of understanding grain for its defense mechanisms because its defense mechanisms are minimal enough to humans that we've never really conceived of the idea like we know certain plants we're, we just don't eat because they're poisonous we're not breeding them to make them less or not poisonous we just go after the things that we don't that we've never noticed were damaging so grain isn't quite like rabbit where rabbit doesn't have enough fat on it to actually sustain us as a proper quote-unquote proper meat uh, grain does have enough to sustain us well enough that we've never noticed that it has qualities like it that are similar to the way a rabbit is right so it's very subtle with grain and a lot of people will start talking about things like i mean it's it's an ongoing joke you know you've got the that kind of parent who decides that their child uh, has a, a gluten allergy well this may well be much more it may just be a property of humans right just gluten insensitivity may just be a thing that everybody has with some rare exceptions because we think of it as grains are fine but there are extremes of humans that do have a legitimate reproducible allergy um, gluten may well be one of the one of the adaptations that plants have in order to push away their value from a certain class of well essentially a predator so grains may well have things in them very much like gluten although i'm not talking about gluten grains may well have things in them that are that make them use less useful compared to us eating like fruit which kind of wants us to eat <laughs> fruit is weird because it wants us to distribute its seed um and and we do so but but there are qualities in grains that may well be a little bit negative and i noticed this um maybe it's because you know, as you get older there's things happen um you can so as a person ages certain allergies might appear so a lot of people might have childhood stuff that goes away a lot of people might have might be fine for a lot of things until they hit puberty and some things kind of crop up later in life for for whatever reason and i could get into why something like 
the seniors get shingles. So they've been carrying a disease in them their entire life, and then their immune system weakens enough that it actually surfaces. Um, and that one, shingles is caused from... It might be a coronavirus, but I think that one is from like measles, something like this. And it just sticks around in the body, just knows how to fight. And it's locked in combat for the life of the adult until late in life when the, the immune system doesn't have to weaken until maybe you're 90. Uh, and then it'll, that, that is end of life for humans, unfortunately. Um, but a lot of people uh, drop out of contact with their children and their grandchildren. And they said they don't get a lot of the antagonistic um, diseases and infections that would keep their immune system in, in great shape. And so because they kind of, they, they get weaned off of all of that quote unquote negativity. And a lot of older people will get sick and stuff will kind of resurface. So it'll be, you know, weird skin issues and stuff like that that will come up and it, it's directly because they haven't had an immune system that's been regularly antagonized but i do want to i want to finish off with the green thing and i guess we'll what go to break after that five minutes yeah. okay so so the the green thing that i'm talking about it isn't a it isn't a uh, a a reaction to something like gluten okay that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about a quality of a property of life of plants that that want to make itself uh more appropriate in order to survive so if it if it can propagate faster than it's consumed uh if it can be poisonous if it can be hidden if 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 right and so grains are like right out out there in the open so it's got a quality where it tries to be nutri nutritionally inappropriate to as much stuff as possible unless it wants to get eaten so that it can be deposited someplace else or unless there's some culling effect where the fact that some of it gets eaten means the rest of it has a better opportunity so grain is a little bit funny in humans in that it it appears to me that um grain isn't as is very rabbit-like in terms of its value as a food it has plenty of other really good things about it and that probably way more than makes up for anything any weird subtleties um but i have noticed that for breakfast um having even though there's a sale at my at the local store for cheerios uh, I would rather have what's I would rather have cornflakes than Cheerios because the, the Cheerios just doesn't really agree with me. And I think that's simply because there is some subtlety in the wheat that's in Cheerios that's not going to be present in the corn in uh, cornflakes. And I think that is because of the the background, the evolutionary traits within wheat. And trying to question something like wheat, which is, you know, it's big aggro. So it's a, a, a large agricultural industry. And there's, and they have the backing of, like, that's literally too big to fail. 
like our 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 grain industry can't just go away partly because there is a lot of perfectly good quality calories to be had and because everybody loves pastries right i'm big on that uh, so it can't just go away because me as an individual finds it that it doesn't agree with me if i have too much bread i'll get kind of angry and so i'll notice these subtle things and so i'm going to we're going to head off on a break but i actually wanted to go through that mess of breakfast <laughs> not to not necessarily to talk about grain but to actually talk about milk and the quality of voice so i mean let's end it here and let's come back in about 10 minutes yeah 10 12 minutes and break i'll talk about that going off okay 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 so i was talking about pretty uh, i was talking about plants i was talking about grains and i do want to finish that topic really quick or go back to my cereal comment which is it turns out that it's totally accidental right now there aren't creatures that are are evolving to this new selection pressure but it turns out that life has a new accidental selection pressure because humans are so dominating over life uh, that if a, if a creature or a plant has is either pretty or tasty uh, it will be propagated by humans and this this has not been done in nature before so it's it's a totally new concept but you can imagine that if it's if it's interesting if it's entertaining it's good to look at um, it humans will protect it will breed it will and it's a little strange because yeah we get we do have toy pets that are just unnatural essentially and we do have plants that are very much the same you can make the argument that grain of various sorts is either natural or not unnatural to some degree i'm not talking about gmo or anything like that I've talked about my position on that. GMO is a very good thing. And that uh, that notion of tastiness is we we will breed, we will either find or we will refine certain life um, to be better suited for us. And theoretically speaking, that means that the life is is being propagated and made somewhat not exactly immortal by humans but i mean life wants to persist or or the notion of evolution to have something survive for a longer period of time i mean it happens to be that certain plants that happen to be pretty or happen to be tasty um now have a new selection pressure so that humans will can are now a a an avenue for plants to persist okay so but i did want to go back to cereal and the the i've talked about the voice thing and milk is so i've talked about grain very briefly and it just seems to be fairly personal to me and i'm still kind of exploring the notion of grains 
that, but that has nothing to do with voice. So for me, grain has something to do with mood. And that seems to be overcome by, of all things, bacon. And I really hope I can find some alternative because I don't want to like bacon. Um, I, would, I would love to find a vegetarian <laughs> solution, but I, foiled, <laughs> foiled by bacon helping my mood. And you know, so helping clarity of thought and such. And, and it's real and it's real. And I've experimented for years to determine that. So I want to set that aside for some other year, but I want to focus not on the grains, but on the milk, because I was talking about voice quality and there's a gumminess that a lot of people who work with their voice, um, they, they talk about milk being one of the bad things. And this isn't a commentary on uh, milk being unnatural because humans like, because all creatures kind of give up milks That's not exactly, that's not the topic I want to get into. And this isn't about people who have lactose intolerance or anything like that. The, the qualities within the milk have an impact on voice for whatever reason. Okay. And this is an, is it, this is a very well-known thing. And a lot of, a lot of singers and a lot of um, narrators, voice actors, this sort of stuff uh, will not, will not drink milk and possibly will avoid all dairy products at all, at all. Uh, some will just swear off it all. Like you just don't drink milk anymore. But for a lot of them, it's just within a couple of hours before a show or something like that. And that's good enough. And, but if you were to drink a little bit before, then you're, you're done. Then there is this, there's this quality change and it is, uh, it is impactful enough that it, it matters. It matters. And it's something that had really aggravated me for a very long time this this voice quality before i i actually sat down when you have a problem in life you have this internet thing so you can go and look things up you just you just have to go from noticing that you have a frustration and describing it and actually going out and looking for the terrible inexpert advice that exists out there and you have to work through that terrible your terrible ability to describe your problem your terrible ability to search for your, your solutions, the terrible solutions you get, and somehow improve all that until you can get to decent advice. And that, and that, that's a very, very challenging thing. Even for me, I'm, I'm moderately expert at doing that, but it would, it might take me years to realize, oh man, I, maybe I can do something about this problem with my voice. I mean, I'm kind of dumb like that. I'm a slow learner. So I, I did look up the milk thing. I learned about that. I learned about voice quality and this is where, and I talked about this before. This is where I learned about, um, all the stuff that you can take all the supplements. So I've been taking vitamin E of all things. That's the only thing that I take on purpose for voice. Everything else is just like, I know I don't eat properly. I don't think anybody really does. And so I, you know, multivitamins and all this kind of stuff, but vitamin E, I only take because of the voice thing. And it is, it has let me, I'll go and I'll have 
a milk and I'll have cereal. And I could have just had some cereal with milk just at break. I didn't because I'm full. And I could have done that. And my voice would still be fine. Um, I probably wouldn't do that during a break because that's probably a, a dumb risk to take. But I can have a bowl of cereal for breakfast. Like I said, that's a bad idea. But I could do that. And it doesn't impact my voice anymore. And that's a really important observation to make. And I, this is me reproducing it because, just because cereal is on sale. And so I just bought a bunch. And it does turn out, the commentary I wanted to make in the first place was, um, I've got hydration issues. Uh, drinking is kind of boring. And so I've got like diet Pepsi that I'm drinking. And that helps a lot. And the the caffeine... Caffeine in general doesn't do anything to me until until you start like mega dosing. What's in uh, Red Bull? It's like vitamin B of some variety, as well as uh, if something like ginseng will just wreck me. I don't go anywhere near anything with ginseng. So that's hype. That's adding that kind of stuff for hydration. Um, it's it's risky. So I don't. But the caffeine does nothing to me. So I can have like a, a diet drink it'll have no calories it'll have aspartame which is not a good idea but um it won't it'll have some caffeine the caffeine doesn't matter but so it, it's good for hydration and now i'm learning that milk may well be a tasty way of having hydration um but it's still it's basically dessert milk is dessert because it's it's fatty sugar water it's really not i mean it is a lie to say that milk is good because of because of uh um well it's fortified with vitamin d but because of calcium it's like well you know i like broccoli <laughs> that's got calcium so much other stuff just i why why is milk any good well the producers of milk said that milk is good huh really the producers of milk convinced my government that milk is good and children should drink milk. Like, really, guys? I, I'm just no longer going to believe anybody that makes a buck off of telling me that something is good for me. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to, if it's as, if it's a gentle, safe thing to do, I'm going to experiment a little bit and learn what I'm like. Um, just like the milk thing, just like the the corn versus wheat thing, just like bacon. <laughs> I'm still, I'm salty about needing bacon. And um, I, I explore myself and I'm not going to be stupid about anything. I know a lot of people make radical diet change. Okay, well, so yeah, I did have a carnivore diet for a while just to experiment, but I had reasons for that. I, I really was in the middle of figuring every combination of everything to see if it was just um, a plant thing or something that was that was impactful to yeah I get, I get irritable really irritable when I have too much I'm gonna say carbs in general because that's a pretty generic thing and so I've I was experimenting with uh, a ketogenic uh, the most pure ketogenic diet possible which is uh, it's a well it's beef jerky but beef jerky is normally very lean because the fat will go rancid so the the beef jerky won't last very long uh so i was actually 
I, I was using non-lean beef, but I was drying it. It was um, South Af uh, not South Africa, the country, but South African, like South of Africa recipe throughout the general region, like pre-civilization stuff. So we're not talking about country borders. We're just talking about region um, called Biltong that I had been experimenting with because I was looking looking this stuff up. And so I ate that more than once. I ate that as a for a long enough span of time that I could actually do a urinalysis and determine there were ketones and action and this kind of stuff. So, and that didn't that wasn't the thing. It wasn't a meat thing. It wasn't a lack of. It wasn't even a lack of carbs thing, as it turns out. It turns out that if I just have a very heavy carbs only meal, it'll do that. Like pasta and sauce. That's that's as a meal that will just wreck me. But if I put bacon in there, doing okay. And and actually a chunk of the grease that comes in because it's a lot of that is not as bad as you might think. As long as you understand the balance between like good and bad cholesterol and good and bad fats and all this kind of stuff. Um, but but that that's okay. Like that kind of stuff is okay. As long as I have that, then the the horrible carb nature doesn't wreck me. So, and it's bacon. So far, it's only just bacon. I can't do that, but with beef, can't do that. But with, I I don't think I can do that. But with, uh, I made dried pork. Do I do I call it pork jerky? And that didn't seem. I need to do more experimentation with that because it's not very. It's not tasty. It's not like beef. Not like dried beef. It's kind of gross. Um, I, I guess I'm not a connoisseur of pork. Uh, maybe we need to learn to make pork chops because I remember liking those. Anyhow, way the heck off topic. I'm back. Um, hmm? Back. You're back? Okay, so you had talked about Monster Cat. Is that it? No, I'm going to. Yeah, and I'm going to. I do want to talk about that briefly just to bring up what I mentioned in the break, which is if if it is true that Monster Cat is a, is a subscription service and during the subscription, is when you are licensed to use music. So, so sorry guys. Monster Cat is a music service that you can subscribe to that you get access to music in order to play in like a stream, for example, or play with your YouTube videos. Um, I'm not sure about the details and we'll have to look into that. Um, but if it's true that you subscribe to it and during your subscription is when you have the rights to it, that is an awful idea because you end up being bound by the, their service and their service is, is them. So if you develop a, a we'll, talk, we'll talk Machiavellian business here. So when you, you've got a business uh, going, you end up anchoring yourself to supply chains depending on what you're doing. So for example, you can think of it very directly in terms of you're building your widgets and your widgets have certain components and you're, you're ordering them from other businesses to assemble them into your widgets. Now for every single part that you need from somebody else, you are shackling yourself to that other business. You actually make yourself vulnerable to the decisions, uh, beneficial or malevolent of that other business. So if their price changes, now you've got a, a price change of one of your components and that's going to directly impact your well that's going to 
hopefully you work correctly, which is that directly impacts the price of that product. It's not that easy because it might, you might eat that cost for a while, or you might keep the cost of that product the same and then shift the price to increase the price of some other product of yours. They, things are never that straightforward. But the fact is that when you have requirements for your product, your requirements are, are, are essentially a sort of slavery to all of these other things, to all these other supply chains. And this is true across all relationships of all sorts when you have certain dependencies. And if for like a live stream or a podcast or a, the, an author of some sort to integrate something like Monster Cat, if you require a subscription that's ongoing, you have shackled yourself to requiring the subscription for forever for just a single piece of music that you made in some video. And so if your relationship with Monster Cat changes in any way, and this could just be a price change, or this could be some terms of service change, and they may or may not tell you, which is one of the problems. You got to be on top of this stuff. So that's an extra legal relationship that you have to maintain. And what happens if Monster Cat gets bought by Microsoft and Microsoft doesn't like your company? Maybe Microsoft bought Monster Cat just to undermine a critical part of your company. Well, what are you going to do? Did you keep records of every timestamp and every song in every single product that you created so that you could go out, <laughs> hire somebody, I suppose, to go through all of your back catalog and remove the, that, that core components. So swap out the music. Well, way back when did you think to record a separate track for microphone A and microphone B and for the audio stream? Because if you didn't do that and you're talking over the music, well, now you got to modify the, the track to try to mute that music. Good luck. Maybe you can't do it. Maybe you just have to cut it out. Maybe that'll be done on your behalf by your video host because YouTube has done that. YouTube has done that to big name YouTubers. And it's just like that person was using that particular part of a tune on the end credits of all of their videos. And they were talking over them and they had these great skits and jokes and stuff. But the copyright holder changed their mind and just the robot went through and just muted all, all of that chunk of stuff across every single one of this producer's stuff and then just sent them an email. And they, they couldn't even download their own stuff or anything like that. It's just, hey, your stuff has been fixed. You're done. And so the idea of going through and re-uploading their entire back catalog modified with this in mind. And then what? YouTube doesn't even have a feature that lets you swap out a video in place to give an updated video. You would have to re-upload every single one and it would appear like a new video. And you do something like that to, an, to a sustained audience, you are harassing them with updates, with updates that they may well have seen already. And that's, that causes its own problems. So the fact that a, a, a body, a business can be shackled to all these different requirements means that all those different requirements can actually control them, right? It's, it's the, the fight club thing. It's, um, 
I can't give you the exact quote, but for everything you own, that thing owns you. This is very much true, very much the same for all of the legal arrangements that you make, all the relational arrangements that you make. And so if you are, if you have a business arrangement and you are shackling yourself with a license to certain stuff, you have to know that that license isn't going to drag you down with it if certain things change. That's why I'm particularly interested in, I mean, it, it was a it was a big deal before, but now it's actually fairly straightforward because... Like, what was the big deal? Hmm? What was the big deal? Um, well, now that I don't have my train of thought... Uh... Um, okay, so it th- there's this thing, there's a kind of a joke that that goes around and it's it's a different joke in different places but it's the same content which is um come to my bar in new york uh no we're not going to pay you but but you can your band can come and do it for free for exposure and it's one of the jokes exposure won't give won't buy me a sandwich i can't go to the deli and buy a sandwich (laughs) okay so if if the, and this has been an ongoing thing but but the internet is a really weird place because that equivalent has been happening where if you want to be noticed on the internet if if you're let's say literally because we're talking about bands if you're a band on the internet you may well release a free to use product for like a song that could be used by other people's podcasts and release it for free for exposure. And there are a quite reasonable, and I've looked through the licenses, quite reasonable licenses for the use of a particular band's song or songs. And some bands want to make that their thing. So for example, um, oh man, now I can't remember his name. Uh, There, I actually... Well, yeah, he's he's a great example, uh, but he does he doesn't necessarily do full like songs with lyrics that are like song songs. They're just melodies he, or beats. Yeah, and they're they're great. There's actually really good quality, and even though I could probably teach in well, I mean, I you could teach. I could probably teach a fourteen year old to, to make make a lot of that stuff. So. But he, it's his shtick. So he is the name you think about. And he's worked hard to create enough material to get his name out there. And there are other bands, and I was actually looking for a band that did this. But I don't know why I can't find it. I know if I just queued up a huge track of music, I'll find it eventually. But I don't know why I can't just specifically search for them. Because I can't remember their name. Oh, it's in no. archives that I didn't want to pull up. Anyhow. There are bands that are that are actual bands with singers that have made themselves um, compatible, so that an art, a, a an author of a video or something else can take their stuff, can remix their stuff, can whatever, and the license terms don't make it threatening. And so I've. So there are there are entire bands like that that's their shtick, and there are other bands that have just maybe one song, maybe a bit, and they're actually good websites that, that and that is their shtick. They are the 
they, they want to make themselves the repo repository of things like that. And I've researched this for um, specifically for images because you can, you can license yourself, but in for the licensing, yeah, there's a subscription, but you, when you choose stuff, when you purchase stuff or when your subscription gives you access to stuff, it gives you a, um, an unrevocable, uh, permanent license. And it gives you a certain structure of things that, you know, so you're allowed to use it for commercial purposes and you're allowed to do all this kind of stuff. You just can't claim it's yours. And yeah, so you, you can get, actually, well, sorry, as long as you get proper credit, that's the phrase credit where credits do. Yes. And no, because there are uh, credit credit optional licensing. And this is thanks to places like, um, like the creative commons licenses. There's oh. several sets of licenses and things get a little weird when you're talking about the legality. So for example, um, we have the idea of public domain and the, but the problem is the idea of public domain has changed. So depending on where in the world and what year in the world, and the United States had a bunch of shenanigans that has eroded the notion of the public domain to, um, so that you get stuff that was in the public domain if it was, if it was created like before, I can't remember, like 60 something, 1960 something. There, there are certain, there's one set of rules for public domain from before then. And there's another set from then until another date. And there's, there's a, current concept of public domain and you can actually take your work so you're the original author of a unique thing and then you can stamp it as public domain and release it but but the fact but the phrase public domain may not have the weight that you think it does so there is an actual copyright which is the legal stamp that you can apply to your thing that actually is basically the same as what you would call public domain. So there's something the creative commons has, which is called CC zero, which is, uh, an irrevocable, um, it is, it is essentially public domain. Like you don't have to credit the person at all. You can even claim it's yours. You can claim you made it. <laughs> it's just, it's just kind of dumb because somebody else can bump into this actual, like an unaltered, other cc0 work and go wait a second <laughs> that's where you got this from you just you know, it's it's the same thing with a lot of open source softwares yeah you can there's some shenanigans that's possible but you'll get found out so there there is art that is uh, either cc0 or one of the really forgiving copyrights that will let you use it even for commercial purposes even for some people want to have intermediate licenses, which is like, okay, look, you can use this, you can use my work, but you can't use it to like kill people because that's bad. So they're like, well, you can't use it for military purposes, which is actually a thing in the software world yeah, where people don't want to be associated with things. Well, that, that's the thing. It doesn't necessarily like it doesn't like nobody like the fact that there is software on the missile tracking system um doesn't technically 
get back to the original author of the library that's used in the software suite in the like technically but there's a philosophical component to the creation of the software and and it's not like they 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 I'm sure everybody would care if they are specifically singled out but that's not that's not going to happen but they just don't want their work to be used that way and a lot of businesses um will just flagrantly dis- disregard this stuff and just illegally use things and because especially in the United States it's like what are you going to do <laughs> well, that's like, pretty much everywhere in soup. the world sorry that is everywhere in the world well pretty much yeah and if you're the little guy what like what can you do i know a guy who actually made a really really nice product and he's got it and he's got it and he's selling it and all this kind of stuff and people are saying like dude why why haven't you patented the prototype that you're showing off in a youtube video aren't you that's insane so he's just he's like well you know i don't have the money to fight for the the patenting i mean i'd have to file and all that which is which costs some money but the fact that some business could, could in china could come along and clone the thing it's what am i going to do like he just he just can't he he might not even be able to to learn if that happens let alone do anything about it after the fact especially when it's in a different different legal framework in some other place so it's kind of life really sucks and is complicated and but if it's something like a government agency they kind of there's a reason why if if a government does it it costs twice as much as it needs to because they actually follow a lot of these rules and they have people that manage the people that manage the people that are making sure the rules are all being followed and they are self-sustaining and they like their jobs and they'll be sticklers about a lot of this stuff so copyright matters to a lot of that stuff i okay so i I actually wanted to use the Canadian flag um, from because I mean it's Canadian flag. <laughs> Why can't a Canadian use the the image of the Canadian flag on a website? So I was doing that. I'm like, oh, I was making a web page talking about some aspect of Canada. One little Canadian flag in there. I'm like, okay. So I go through, I go to the the first place I go is the Canadian government's website, and I poke around for like information on the flag. And to get just get, hey guys, use this image. This is the official image. Use this one. I couldn't first off, I couldn't find anything, which this is the early internet. So yeah, that was a thing. Um, and I decided, well, I'll get a hold of them. So I got a hold of one of the uh, I don't I don't even I don't even know what the phrase is, but I, I got a hold of one of the people. Um, who deals with the this sort of stuff and i actually got like like a legal lesson from them on what circumstances i'm allowed to use like guys it's it's the canadian flag i just want to make sure the color red is correct i really like like oh uh, for commercial it's this and you got to link back to this and it's like what the really guys what the uh. so i got that's when I started paying attention to this stuff. The government, yeah, the government's really picky, really obnoxious about this sort of stuff. Um, and it's not like they'd necessarily go after me if I was a jerk about like copy pasting some flag somewhere. But uh, but yeah, that was an interesting observation. 
Um, so, so Monster Cat, if and it may not well, it may well not be true. It may just be a subscription for you to browse their catalog, and when you choose stuff, you're given a lifetime license. That hopefully that's the thing. Find out. Mm, and the other thing I looked into was something like no, it's a. I think it's a month and month subscription. Last time I, no, last time I checked, but you have the rights as long as you're subscribed. Yeah. If that's true, then that's a scam. Because they'll just well, what happens when they double their fees? Are you you're gonna leave? I think you'll just be <laughs> grandfathered into the old price because I because if that why? happened, I don't think. Well, why would they have to do that though? They just change their license in the middle of things and be like, oh yeah, you agree to this uh, this new license, which. Supersedes the old license. Due to <laughs> American law, U.S. law, if mm-hmm. they update things, people have to. This is why, like certain most games, when they update stuff, you have they give you the. Um, yeah, that read, agreement read, that you never read, look at. Read the TOS that you never agreed to look that you never look yeah. at. so they'll just do that. They just and and if if it's it may well not it may well be evil now without them needing to make the change to be evil. They may well be able to just change their pricing because, I mean, because reasons, and you're stuck. Every single person that is relying on that service has now fallen into the con. Now forever, they have to pay this extortion fee for all of their old stuff. And if if they make it big, they may well be targeted because there are certain language in the terms that they agreed to that mean certain things. And it's there's some awful stuff that happens in business. And so it's it's a dangerous thing to get in bed with a company that has certain kinds of licensing and relicensing nuances like this. But the general thing is if you have to keep paying somebody money for it, you really look carefully. Um, you want if for because I looked at music, music clips, and audio clips and stuff like that recently. I am I do have lifetime licenses to some stuff because there's enough of a saturated market that little people will offer these cheap deals. So if you pay them five bucks for that tune, um, you get a lifetime license that lets you use it for commercial purposes. Um, and you have to credit them by name, and that's it. So you can literally like have in the description the person's name and not even link to their website, and that's good. That's that's legally good enough, and it's forever. It's not just for uh, your life; it's forever. It's for the length of life of that media or whatever the heck. And that because there's a saturated market for, let's call them artists. You can find, just do the work, you can find the good licensing terms to take advantage of these these simple arrangements, the one-shot forever, forever licenses that are permissive enough for you to use it for your purposes. Um, it's the same, same is true, just, just poke around. The same is true for stock photos, for sound effects, for, like I said, music. Same is going to be true for for whatever stuff. I mean, the same starts being true when you're talking about using libraries for software. If you start using, you know, game engines, just look into it, make sure you're not paying a subscription, and then look to see if 
this stuff is taught. This stuff is upsold to you as a feature for you to purchase their stuff rather than somebody else. They're like, well, if you buy it from me, you can use it for commercial purposes. And right. So that's the thing. And that's thanks to this internet saturating with all kinds of moderately talented people. I mean, I'm not insulting Kevin or anything like that because he's got some talent. It's certainly the, I understood the business model as soon as I heard of him. But um, there's a lot of other people that are, that are trying to be like him. Um, okay, the other thing I did look into is, is DJing because I actually knew a DJ and he was, I didn't know him for long enough to, and I wasn't interested at, at the time in this topic. But if you're a DJ, there's some guild licensing something or other that happens. DJ is an actual title. So it's an actual thing that you graduate with. And that gives you certain superpowers legally for using copyrighted materials. And I don't fully understand that stuff. And I, I was kind of like poking around to, to learn like, okay, well, who do I pay the protection money to, to, to stay a DJ and to actually get the rights to live stream and call it a radio station, for example, like where, how do I make that legally acceptable? How do, how can I make a profit off of using something or other in a live format? Can I do it in with clips? Can I do, am I legally allowed to remix and then use the remixes in my static works, my videos on YouTube or something like that? Like, can I do that? And I still, I can't get a straight answer from anybody anywhere. Cause, um, they just, they want you to, they, they want the dues and nobody talks about exactly what services they'll provide. So I don't know if I have to like, uh, do more work, I suppose. I mean, I took a couple of passes at it, but I don't really have answers, but, but that probably doesn't quite apply to streaming. Cause it's, it is like literally radio stuff or concert stuff or party stuff. Um, so I don't think it applies to me here right now. So for like break music during breaks, plus I wouldn't want to, for every single song have to, uh, have to wait to get the copyright claim and then respond to it with the legal licensing stuff that gives that piece of, that upload permission so if all i needed to do quote unquote all i would need to do is have them get a hold of me because the robots come and sniff me out and then counterclaim and then provide like my djing license information if that's all i would need to do that's still a lot and i wouldn't want to do that i'd rather do the work to get licensing for you know uh, unknown bands or whatever just because i can curate and get decent songs from places that aren't from like bands that aren't triple a say that aren't mainstream um so okay so let's switch to to a different different stuff um okay before before i forget still related to music is i do want to assemble a playlist and have that playlist audio just piped out for our breaks i think that's simple enough that it should be easy and so i gave you one example tune that we kind of introed with and that's something that we can do 
and it's even legal for us to talk over it and all this kind of stuff. So, and while I'm thinking about that, so we have the breaks concept and the break concept was we do 50 minutes of talking and a five 10 minute zero. break. Sorry? Five zero guys. Yes. Five zero. And then a 10 minute break. And then that, what that allows is for everybody that's listening to predict when the next break is coming. So one of the, I guess one of the things is maybe what we need to do is right now there should be a timer counting down the 50 minutes while talking and then a timer counting down the 10 minutes, right? So the, that helps people know when the next, when the upcoming break is. So that's something for you to write down in your to-do and maybe we can experiment with that next time. But the thing I, w- I want to learn more about how you are creating that 10 minute timer, right. uh, because what I don't want 10 minutes, I want from now until the end of break, whenever that happens to be, because that is, that time is rigid, not when we start the break, but when we restart after the break, when it starts. So a break should, we should start the break at 10 minutes or even earlier so the break might be 10 minutes or might be longer than 10 minutes so that timer there needs to be a straightforward way for you to put up a timer and have that timer count down to a certain time not from a certain uh like from a certain number well so how what what is the timer you were saying that it was built into obs and that's what you were using tell me more about it how do you provide the information for it to count down from? Is it just one number field? Yeah, you have to edit the, or you have to go into the where it's located, and then you can change the durations. And the, you you're given the choice to. Oh, it's text source, Never mind. Um, yeah. So it's just a countdown timer. You just okay. Type in so into it's... the field how many minutes. Oh how many man. Minutes. Okay, so, oh, that stinks. Okay, so I might have to either add that as a feature request or hire somebody to make a plugin or something like that. I took a look at two plugins. One just made somehow made my OBS unusable, not to wipe it clean, and then <laughs> oh, is that when you had to reinstall OBS? Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. It might have been for the earlier version or something, but yeah, that's dumb. Either way, but you tried two. Well, I tried the sec- first one and I couldn't figure out where it was. It said it was outputting a text file and mm-hmm. I could not figure out where it was. And okay. I could use a, I could use the Windows search, but I have so many hard drives. I have so many yeah. hard drives, storage drives in my computer that <laughs> even though technology is fast, I don't want it to like, search, to search is like stupid slow. <laughs> Yeah, I've actually gotten desperate and done that. Just be like, okay, I'm, you're searching overnight for this. I'm pretty sure it's a file name that's kind of like this. And just have it search through, like, I mean, search through a terabyte of file names. Like, all kinds of little stuff. Just go look. And I, I actually, because I, I can script myself, so I actually scripted my own tool that lets it, that just walks inside of files looking for stuff. And I'll just sick that on file structures looking for certain stuff so are you this I will folder be... no are you this file no 
<laughs> well, yeah, and that that's basically what it is. It just it goes through and reads every text file, reads every source code, or reads whatever the heck, and just looks for a phrase. And I'll just be like, "Go look at look for this," and and I'll just it's actually remarkably fast. I don't know look why. I don't know how it's, it's important. I yeah, found it, seven thousand matches. I hate you. And it's yeah, that's one of the problems too. And it is, and I'll just have it throw it up into uh, a list that I can I can additionally scroll through and search a second time through. And it's very much like the the story I was talking about, the Brits waiting for the bus, which it's frustrating when you're sitting when you're standing in a bus stop and you don't know when the bus is coming. It's it that can be frustrating. You might think, oh, did I miss the bus? It's how long is it? No, 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 it's cold. But if I put a timer there and I tell you, you the bus is going to be here in 13 minutes, you can be like, ah, oh, okay, that's fine. Yeah. And it just, you're, as opposed to just having you stand there, wait in and not knowing. And it's very much the same with, with a lot of things. Like I actually wouldn't mind a search taking a long time if I kind of knew how long it would take. And I don't really mind. I, I don't actually mind just walking away and letting my computer just deal with it. As long as I knew that I had structured my request well enough that it will give me the answer that I'm looking for. That's the pain. When I like realize that I typoed or something like that, I walked away, I come back and it's like zero results. <laughs> it's because I'm because I was dumb. Uh, and then I, I refine my search again, and it just does it all from scratch. And instead of like just doing more better with what it had tried a second ago, which should be really fast. Um, mind you, I have a habit of turning off search indexing and stuff like that because that's creepy as hell. Um, and well, I, I just learned to organize. After decades, I've learned to organize my stuff. Okay, I suck. I suck still, but I try. And as I go through, I, I deposit things a little bit, bit, little bit better than I find them. And uh, I tend to forget well enough that uh, old projects and stuff like that get put out of the way, so that when I do search for stuff, like searching, I'm, I'm basically searching in the last year's worth of activity as opposed to the entirety, the entirety from the mid '90s, which would be frustrating. Um, okay, so. Um, I say um too much, and it's pissing me off. Self-realization. What was the break playlist concept? So can you make a note to, uh, or maybe I should just make some lists of stuff and just send them to you and just be like, here's, here's a playlist of X amount of stuff. And the timer to a certain time you answered and the topic clips I talked about. Okay, so I had last show briefly talked about a thing and I forgot, I forgot my, well, I had a more interesting train of thought. So I forgot one point that I wanted to bring up, which is the idea of distance and a person's personality. Because I had been talking about the nature of of the 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 attitude in certain spaces on the internet and how there is a, a 
it's almost a low and lowest common denominator for a platform let's call it where the fact that people are all anonymous and can pose as adults even if they're not and the fact that it is understood that there will be minors all of the terms of service and such get get rewritten to protect the children forgetting that we have parents and that's the job of the parents and just like there's never been a concept in the 2000s like in this millennia of a parent actually sitting down with their child at the computer like we don't understand that anymore that that was a thing because i mean it's the same thing like the parents should be sitting down watching tv with the kids and understand the shows that they're watching it that's that used to be a thing now it's not kids are on autopilot so a lot of these platforms like twitter or whatever have children present and so everybody gets kind of told to moderate down but all the kids can just lie about and lie and get into the uh what should be adult spaces there's no concept of adult spaces so that's anonymity um really damages how people act how they receive um any kind of i'm not even talking about criticism but how how conversation impacts them and how they respond how they act and the distance does something like that as well and i can't quote him but george carlin the the now deceased comedian had a good commentary in one of his skits on on distance and it's, it's it's the angry driver in a car is the closer that other uh, driver is that that's the source of anger the closer that guy is is the more quiet the anger is and as soon as they're they're far enough away and can't hear you it's you know roll down the window and shout kind of stuff but as soon as there is immediate accountability right as soon as you can make eye contact things are different and on the internet the combination of the lack of accountability from being pseudonymous and the your physical distance and perhaps the watering of impact because of other mechanics that are in place from the platform um, because of all of these things people are different they think different they they sit down in their chair and they log in and they have a different frame of mind for interacting with that particular service and it creates a we would we would call it a culture of that is damaged that's not normal in any other circumstance so it's not we have cultures that are on the internet that have never been produced in humans before and it isn't like foreign lands culture it it's not like the culture of this skill set versus that it's not uh, a union culture it's not it's there's it's just this unique thing where people are are weirdly moderated and weirdly interact with one another that have weird personalities when they sit down because they have weird audiences and things are just so strange that that they're not like 
they're those are humans, right? Like those are other humans that are using these services, but they're not normal. They're not as they would exist in out in this real world thing. They uh, they're not as they would be in uh, an incompatible service that hadn't created this culture. As soon as, for example, that person's real face, not like a, a beautified, filtered angle shot, but their actual mug shot were put up, as soon as their address was up, as soon as there was a government authenticated actual presence behind them, and, and as soon as that person became real, and as soon as, right, as soon as, as the anonymity was was stripped away, which which is coming, uh, as soon as all that happened, people would their personalities would change, and the I really worry about what would happen to people who have grown up with this other culture in these other internet spaces they've never experienced the real world ever so the, it has been their plaything it has been their work it has been everything it's been how they talk it's been how they interact even with their real world friends will interact through these tools of having a lot of these bits ripped out frankly by a lot of other people who are old enough to to not understand what they would be doing so somebody like me i'm just i'm i i i walk both worlds i grew up when this internet thing was nerdy enough that it, it kept all normal people away and i grew up into seeing a lot of this stuff happen around me but i'm distant enough that it didn't directly damage me as an adult like i got to have a childhood well we're coming back in a sec very strange commander root if you are there your your frequently asked questions is kind of hilarious wait what no, I was just looking at one of our users who will like lurk in channels and listen. I suppose. I don't again think background listening. noise. Sorry. I don't think they're listening. Um. Well, regardless, this is not a person who chats. So hmm. we'll never know. I will use my my powers of imagination to determine whether or not this person is just lurking or is it's just lurking. Listening. Hmm. Just lurking. oh, there's some people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've done it. Um, and people don't even have to be logged in, which is where I think some of the numbers come from. I don't fully understand. Oh, this list is up to date. Oh, neato. I don't understand why I've got like a little red one person watching, but more as a, as a moderator, I can look at the list of users and that's different. I'm new to this Twitch thing. So there's... Even though I stream. You can interact with chat, but not... You can... You can have, like, a chat popped up for people, and... There's stuff around... There's stuff about it that I... Can't explain because my explanation is terrible, but... <laughs> there was an attempt. Well, not a very good one, but there was an attempt. Uh, um, I think it's Commander Root where you just look, go to the user's profile itself and... Yeah. Yeah, you just go to the profile and they'll tell you everything. 
Yeah, that's what I did. That's what I was talking about. Yeah, it's a lot not. of followers. Hmm? At any rate. At any rate. So I was talking about um, the... There are things that are happening on the internet that old people are doing that yeah, are impacting yeah. so young go people. Back to the Commander Root thing. Also, I don't watch the stream. Yes, I know. But that doesn't mean that he's not listening. Probably right? not listening, but okay. Exactly. Okay, so... Okay. So I was talking about um, the... So the... Main, this, the maintenance of the structures within civilization are, are maintained by responsible adults, <clears throat> which is not the present generation of people that are that have grown up with and are using, let's generally call it social media, but a lot of the, the websites that I was talking about, which are, which have directly impacted the way people interact with one another. Um, the the anonymity and the the weird cultural problem that mixes too many different kinds of people together, most specifically age ranges, but also, I mean, what would end up happening in the real world is we would we would have friends, and that's who we would go off into our little space and we would do our stuff and and we might share some additional circles of friends and stuff like that and then we'd have employment and we'd have whatever hobbies or clubs or whatever this kind of stuff but now there's just this one pool of people and they we don't have these boundaries that we used to we can kind of manufacture some of it kind of like we make subreddits on reddit for different kinds of communities sort of but it's publicly visible most of the time and it's publicly joinable most of the time and even when it's it, the attendees the participants can be curated yeah. how it's not really it's kind of done not really i mean and so things are very much awry and the thing is the none of the stuff that's happening right now, none of the, the tools that people are using could have been created by the people that are uh, populating them. Like ev the everyday people that are, that, that have a kind of a, a, a terrible skewed personality because they they live on Twitter. Those are not the kind of people that could make Twitter. It, it's just not them and the the people that they couldn't even manage it they're they're busted and the the thing is the the people that do make it or do manage it are outside of that and most of that is the infrastructure of the people that are old that were just old enough to not have been grown not to have been raised by it and in it or they're like the class of nerds that's still capable of being outside of those structures and make them without being so heavily manipulated by them. And the, but the thing is the legal frameworks and the, a lot of the architecture of the civilization that lets things like social media happen, that's still uh, owned and operated by adults. 
So by people that are over 40, okay, that's an adult now. And those, that category of person, because they grew up uh, without having a mobile phone as a child, they've, they become well-adjusted. They've had the childhood where they've had real world, the social sphere was all real. Um, they are making changes to pull everything back into what they see as normalcy. So um, removing anonymity um, by it, just that alone. I'll, I'll fixate on removing anonymity because a lot of people are saying that that would solve a lot of problems on the internet. Mm, I don't... Yes and no. And, well, nothing solves problems. They just new problems will come up it's the nature of humans humans are problematic just get rid of all the humans Wait skynet was right i kind of want to see the i kind of want to sit back and watch the date i mean if i just got turned into a brain and was allowed to watch the world go i think i would be kind of okay with it yeah that was uh george carlin's perspective late in life which is i just it's entertaining i want to see the world burn <laughs> and uh you know this is why this is i mean it's it's funny how a lot of the youths make fun of old people being politicians and running things but you know i do kind of want enough i i want most things run by people who are brave slash apathetic enough to not really care what people think of them so they're like i want my my grandparents well now okay it's say I were early twenties, you know, I would want my grandparents to be making significant um, decisions with me slash for me advising, whatever, because they're, they're, they're chill. Like they're, they're done with all the nonsense of, of, of regular life. Like they're retired. And so they can look back at the life and go, you know, uh, you're doing this wrong. You should like, that didn't work out for me. You, you just don't do that. And they can say a lot of stuff and they can, they can make the, this, the decisions that it's like a parent making decisions for a toddler. It's like, no, you can't have cake for dinner. Like, no, you can't explaining, explaining to a toddler. What's the point of explaining to a, to a toddler who's, who's having a little tantrum. It's like you use the mechanics to deal with that animalistic behavior and reasoning happens from like nine, nine years old. And before that, you use like social tricks basically to make a child manageable and to help socialize them. Um, and, and I, I like the idea of having the just don't give a crap old people making certain decisions because they'll, they'll, they don't have to play the, the games or deal with a lot of the, I mean, this is obviously not true when you look at actual politicians in the real world, but it's a it's a beautiful dream, at least for the, the for everyday people in a strong f family kind of situation. At anyway, I was talking about um, the old people kind of taking this internet thing and maybe regulating it down into something, and they're pulling it down into a direction that is familiar to them and the problem is that that's eroding or diffusing or doing something with 
the a piece of the personality of all the people that have grown up with that we used to make fun of people that were raised on television and now we've got people that were raised on the internet and they don't work like regular people they don't socialize like regular people they don't find entertainment like regular people and when a lot of these mechanics start being pulled away they don't they don't go to the library to go and read a book like though they don't go physically with their friends like they have friends that are friend friends that are in different parts of the country that they'll maybe never meet they like they things are so different that when stuff is is manhandled by people who aren't participants things are things are just not going to be happy and i've never it the the problem is it's one of these um doing it for your own good things and that's what a lot of people will will say i think there there's a lot of scary stuff that's going to be happening with respect to how the internet will be recognized as as transforming people and their personalities and how they socialize how they learn how they communicate and all this kind of stuff there's a lot of scary stuff there and i don't i don't like where things are going even though i'm pre like i was raised without uh i was kind of raised without the internet right so i was old enough that 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 wasn't a thing but uh i was fairly self-managed and i was into technology of like right from basically 14 is when i started raising myself doing the nerdy computery stuff and so it makes me a rather gives me a rather weird perspective when i'm seeing the internet burn around me so i i i kind of understand both sides of this fence i do know that if for example there are where where do i go without being too weird so twitter is an interesting example where you can get the blue check mark and the blue check mark is you sent in your paperwork to prove that you are who you are but not everybody gets to do that and the check mark is not actually a an identifier of you being who you say you are because it can be taken away even though even though you've verified yourself like it makes no sense that it could be taken away as punishment and it's another class of person who gets the blue check mark who they're capable of of muting the world and only interacting with other check marks which is kind of awesome that's kind of what i was talking about removing anonymity kind of it's a pretty good balance and i'm wondering if their interaction with one another is more sensible than the just random somebody with an email address i guess does twitter require a phone number it might uh, for verification i think maybe i know youtube does um so that sort of person which is uh, it's not exactly anonymous right but it may it is to other users of twitter and i know that they interact a certain way but i wonder if internally check marks interact with one another if they are set to to act like that uh, if they if they have a different culture and i, I suspect sorry i have no idea well i'm not verified so i wouldn't know i i just i do see the feature and i can actually turn it on i can turn it on and just not hear the world except from check marks which 
I really don't like that idea because a lot I just don't like the check marks that I've seen. So they act like they're authorities on whatever random nonsense they're talking about. So I do have to wonder oh, what the world would be like if it was just check marks. Sorry, you were saying something? No, I just forgot to take off the on break thing. Oops. Oh, did you? Was yeah. it going negative? No, it wasn't. Like once the timer runs out, it just goes to zero and then disappears. Oh. Okay. Oops. Learn. Learn more better. Yeah. Um so that's distance and personality, and that's going to be changing in, in really strange, unpredictable ways. And it's it's going to be changing and it's going to be promoted by big stuff. So one in business, if you're a and I had touched on this before. So in business, if you're the big guy, um, you don't necessarily want to crush your competition. Otherwise, you would have these anti-competitive problems because there there are these laws with these weird governments that you have to deal with. And big businesses will often maintain some crippled, not really competing competitor and play. And, and they, they just they collude and they have separate markets. So like Apple and Microsoft do that. Um, and Microsoft even floated Apple a loan, a zero interest loan that they, I don't think they've even paid back um, just to keep them going so that they would be competition so that Microsoft wouldn't be ripped apart by the legal system that's been, I mean, they are, they, they were at the time, they probably still are uh, an anti-competitive monopoly. But Apple supposedly is in the same sphere, even though they have totally different audiences that they go after for this reason. They just, uh, you know, it's two gangs that decide to separate themselves into two separate neighborhoods. At any rate, the one of the things that a large business will do is go to the government and they will be on top of regulation. And they will say, look, we've, we know that there have been murmurs and there's some problems and, and all you politicians have been looking at our business and the way we've been running and okay. Well, like we'll admit that there are some things that we should examine. Why don't we get on top of that right away? We'll we'll look into that with you and we'll participate and let's see if we can hammer out some regulations. And what they do is they hire professional. What the heck is the term? It's a problem in the United States. You have professional petitioners. Their job is to, understand the mechanics of the legal framework and the communications framework for politicians and they will push for regulations they will you know they'll pretend to be the audience and stuff like that and they'll push for this stuff and you might think from the outside wow this this big business they're like they're really i mean they're on top of things they care about they want to protect the children and all this kind of stuff and that's that's not that's not necessarily true. I'm not going to say it's not actually true. It's not necessarily true that that big business cares. But what they're doing, what they're accomplishing, is they're ahead of all their competition with understanding how these regulations will will play out, and they will even be first to know about the about the the things when they they hit. And there will be competition that don't even know about the regulations when they're out. And the, the the little competition will just get fined with this, these legal changes. They're like, well, your carbon tax and and the big businesses 
was right on top of that right from the very beginning they planned for this and the little business didn't even know and so it's just it hammers and what happens is because the it, it's like insider trading when the large business gets regulations and knows about it very intimately because they had a hand in crafting it because they were part of the the little community of large businesses that the, the cabal and so these and they it might actually be it might cost them money for example to deal with the regulations that they had a hand in creating and they'll use a lot of this as say publicity to say oh facebook really cares about children that's why they're encouraging all uh, like that's why they have mandatory pseudonymizing paper checking to get your and there's another class of check mark for you know pseudonymous semi-authorized person that and they're registered with their government or something like that certain governments are participating in, in like ear tagging the citizens to give them a digital fingerprint for using twitter like some weird thing and facebook will be like yeah well we're thinking of the children and and that's fine they they might be and everybody will see them as that and that will be the excuse and that's what the regulations will what that kind of stuff does is some competition that comes around won't have the resources because they're not as big as something like twitter or facebook or whatever the heck and the government goes regulations are regulations you're not meeting regulations shut down and that's that's the mechanism by which a large business can attack a competitor and just crush them and so by being small you uh, won't know about all the mechanics as they're happening you won't have any input you won't be able to prepare ahead of time the big business will have the insider trading on that they'll be able to plan ahead of time save up the money for example or you know bribe the officials ahead of time whatever whatever nefarious stuff happens they'll have all the infrastructure in place to deal with them, with things and they'll know when it comes out and the small guy won't know anything at any point they'll just be blindsided and i why was i even going there i don't know why i was going there <laughs> i lost my train of thought okay so i there is something that's been bothering me for a while that, that i learned about recently that i want to talk about um i don't know that i can say it's bothering me but um Oh, maybe I, okay. So, okay. I'm going to switch to something else. So, uh, Microsoft purchased GitHub. Now GitHub is a, is a code repository. It, what it is, is it provides an, an interface with some added benefits for, uh, code repositories for Git and Git is a, um, a it's an engine it's a uh, a library csv uh no it's what's the term so it's a it's a content management system for code that tracks uh changes and helps people collaborate it's a, it's absolutely essential there's there's a couple classes of other stuff there's mercurial and there's subversion and um 
the but git is uh very quickly becoming the thing that people ought to use and they ought to migrate their their code repository over to this system uh, for technical for actually workable technical reasons not just not just because it's hip and github was the largest freely available tool to do this stuff and put it up online and share it with other people across the internet and collaborate for like for open source projects, but not necessarily because you can have a private, you can have a closed um, repository. At any rate, Microsoft came in and bought it up. Now the, the infrastructure of GitHub is technically open source and there are they, but they didn't make it easy for you to, to, make your own even though other people have and um but they've added they've added a lot of value like they added uh, ticket management for issues and stuff like that it's just wonderful stuff it's really really good um and microsoft bought it uh and a, i don't like that idea but uh, microsoft left it alone now recently okay not really recently but as of uh like they sent me an email with a, by the way, <laughs> uh, by the way, as of, I think it was February 20th, 2020. Cause there's a lot of twos and zeros in that. So it's a magic date. Uh, they took snapshots of the previous, I think it's two years and, uh, of everything, of all the projects, everything that had, uh, more than one star like that, that somebody else cared about. And what they did is they, they bottled it up and they sent it to, I, this is where I would have you go and Google stuff, but there's a vault in the Arctic. I think it's in the North of Finland or something like this. Um, and it's a specially, it's a specialized demilitarized region because the Arctic is supposed to be demilitarized just like space, but you know, who knows what actually happens because there are subs under the the ice shelf and there are uh, satellite killers and stuff like that at any rate there's the seed vault and that vault is meant it's meant for seeds so it when there are engineered crops or there are um, samples of plant life they are they are specially prepared and they are placed in this extreme long-term storage facility that's made for safeguarding them. It's like a, it's a major, major vault and all this kind of stuff. And there are YouTube videos that go over like the X vaults that are uncrackable or whatever the heck, you know, so you've got the, um, the gold vault in the United States and you've uh, this kind of stuff. And this, this place is classed as that. And what Microsoft did with the GitHub code is they, they bottled it all up and they actually put it as one of the things alongside like all of Canada's varieties of wheat and stuff like that into a thousand year storage in this place. Isn't and uh hmm? Are you saying that are you saying like this is a bad thing or I No no I was they... thinking about something else. I just don't like Microsoft touching anything ever. But they me. took a snapshot. Is that a bad thing or no well they 
they updated the terms of service a bunch of times that probably made it okay for them to do it. And, you know, again, it's not like I can do anything about Microsoft. They'll store me for a thousand years in this vault. I'm a piece yeah. of Microsoft. Oh, great. Yeah, so, so Microsoft has taken... Because I'm an, I'm an archivist, so I'm like looking at that that effort going, well, that's kind of awesome, and nobody's really been thinking like that before, and there's no plan of theirs to update it, which is the other thing that I, I really want. It, is, it isn't so much that I want a snapshot in time of what humans had accomplished with that service. It's I, uh, now that I know, now that other people know that their stuff would be there, people might think about their code differently. People might finish their projects. People might, like if it was broadened so it was everything, not just the stuff that had one star, and if it was everything, everything, and if people actually understood, so there's a, there's a, if you have code, if you're programming, you have code, and you're stupid enough that you have blocks of your code that are just massive or that are big binaries because you don't know what you're doing, um, that those pieces didn't get included. And that's enough to break some projects. Um, it it's, doesn't make the effort worthless, but it means that there are, are possibly critical components that are absent from some of these projects. And so if people now understood that well enough and they knew that they needed to slim down their code to break it into different pieces to not rely so much on like to not have these larger binaries or to pursue exceptions or and if people understood how to do things with this in mind i think that a second snapshot in the future would be much more effective it would get better quality code for example so now that i know that i would actually get around to updating all of my my stuff i think it's a real shame because um all of my scripting and stuff but what I, if I you were dead pass. sorry but what if you died what if who died whoever had their code died well there's a lot of that there's, there's the same thing with like facebook accounts where it just gets hosted for forever <laughs> by default. And there are systems in place that might close an account, but generally speaking, it's forever. I am now visiting bookmarks of a lot of a lot of my I mean I wasn't necessarily a fan, but it's just like, hey, this is this person's interesting and I bookmark and uh um and now I'm coming back literally 10 years later. Um or more like 17 years later and um and i'm looking at these channels and the, the person hasn't uploaded a video in 11 years and so they're old like it's weird because the the youtube player adapts to full screen versus widescreen and you don't notice it until you find a really old video that's full screen that the aspect ratio is just off it's i guess it's five by four and so it's 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 weird so the it's and there i'm going through old software projects as well and i'm looking through all my previous software notes and and some of the authors are confirmed deceased 
the project is still there. I mean, the source code is still there and the licensing is such that it is forever, but, but it, it doesn't work on contemporary setups. It'll, it'll work on the hardware, but it won't work on your operating system, for example. So if I were to fish out like a Windows 3.1 screensaver, um, I can actually make it work on your setup. I actually have some a collection of little screensavers, and I got one that working on Windows 10. And maybe it was Windows 8, so maybe I'm a little wrong, but I'm pretty sure it'll work on 10. But if you were to pull out an actual piece of software, from that era you you can't even get it working on windows 10 even if you wanted to it just there's no longer uh compatibility and so you can imagine that there's software from somebody who's now gone or they just moved on to other things and they're they don't care anymore and i've contacted old authors and stuff like that and just be like hey <laughs> hey and they're like no i'm not working on that anymore i'm done they're just kind of like it's such a shame because I might want one so tiny little feature. And now I'm getting dangerous enough that I'll just, in some cases, I will dust things off and make it work myself. Um, but often some other project, if it's, if it's a problem that persisted, then somebody else has picked up the, has either forked to that original code or more likely has just rewritten it from scratch to solve that problem. So it's not generally a thing, but I do like the idea of, of, snapshot of, of archiving I, I do like the idea of thousand year archiving and in fact um, if i could have trust um, i'd pay money for that kind of service right now we've got cloud backups and stuff like this but we don't have the concept of of hard media offline permit storage stuff even though we're just kind of getting the technology that can do it I'm not, I, I, I want to look like, I literally just learned this the other day and I want to learn more about how the medium by which this data is being stored. Because I know, for example, we've got, you might think that optical disks are, are going away. So CD-ROM drives are too small. So you're getting an X, you're getting in the new Xbox. You're probably getting the new Xbox, aren't you? Like next, sometime next year, not this year. Well, yeah. Well, when it's out, you'll probably get it. No. And at some point, yes. At some point, but Destiny Three is coming out. Mm, no, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> um. And you think, okay, well, it's got an SSD in it now, right? It's, it's huge, and 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 well, we we would not put our video games on it, but I went looking to see where what the state was of optical drives and there actually is because i knew about holographic storage so it's, it's just optical and then you build it up and you have the repositionable la lasers pretty straightforward stuff um and you can actually make a a, uh, a larger cube and you could just aim your laser and read off data wherever the heck and you get a, a ridiculous amount of stuff so this is like cd-rom technology expanded using something around the cutting edge of blu-ray-ish and that was a thing that never went anywhere for whatever reason but um there's a this spinning disc stuff very much in line with something like cd dvd blu-ray stuff um that is actually 
made for denser storage. And I can't give you the correct number offhand. And it is it is a stupid. Oh man, I want to look this up. Um oh I can't remember even the slightest detail about it. But it's something like um the store the there was an actual storage space and it was a stupid amount. So the the little disk that I can literally purchase right now is is in more than a hundred gigs for a disk. And the there was another class that was that's kinda out that's being looked into and the the there are technical limits and there are theor theoretical limits. So there are the technical side of stuff is like, well, the physics says that we could accomplish this, but of course you'd have to mass produce something that of the necessary quality with the components, et cetera. So that's a different thing altogether. So the, the, the theoretical was, was something like 2000 billion gigabytes, something absolutely astonishing. <laughs> um, when they're measuring things in exobytes and you have to like look up on the table as to what the hell that even means it's like it goes you know bytes kilobytes megabytes gigabytes terabytes um petabytes exobytes i think that's how it goes and that that substrate can be made to last uh 100 years and because it's non-magnetic, because it's just colors, then theoretically that would last a lot longer, like a lot, a lot longer. And if you could control the atmosphere and the lighting around it and stuff like that, just like, who knows? And so I wonder if Microsoft is, is doing their storage like that because the amount of data that would be on GitHub is right. They never, they never said anything. They never said anything about just how much there was. They did talk about some concerns because of the binary sizes that they, they had a problem with, but they also talked about, you know, but depending on the popularity of the project and how many binaries they had and how big they are, et cetera, et cetera, we might include some of them. Right. So they, they were calculating that they could get everything, but not unpopular stuff and not the big binaries. But they were like, well, maybe, maybe, maybe. I would rather they included the unpopular projects as well than all these binaries. Even if they could only keep the most current snapshot of those, those unpopular projects, just to have them. Because some of them, I mean, I'm not saying that I'm salty about not having my stuff stored, but some of my stuff, if, if it was just the most recent update would be adequate. Um, and in the entire history of some things would be nice to store because it's a historical record for things that worked for obsolete operating systems, which the whole walled garden of an obsolete architecture and operating environment that's that's important to me even though it's kind of useless i don't know how to explain archivism hey left we're doing okay we're just uh 
Not too bad. We're How just chatting. Hmm? Not too bad, Lath. How are you? Been at it for a little while. So that was Microsoft's seed vault use for GitHub code, which is is interesting, and I'm not sure how to think think about it. I I would I was literally thinking about doing that kind of stuff for my own my own efforts, um, and I've been I think in terms of like I won't buy a hard drive that doesn't have a five year warranty, um, and I I make backups and backups of backups, with low and to the left, yes, art. I, I make no comment about other people. <laughs> we can switch topics if you have something random you want to talk about, man. Nothing that comes to mind right now. So I not only do I have a problem with sleeping, um, just because of the position of where I fell asleep today, um, I'm east-facing. And if you get an east-facing window that you sleep in front of, uh, and East facing, that's where the sun rises. So land of the rising sun is Japan, right? And that's to the east. Well, to the east of us. And we, and if you're, if you fall asleep in front of a window that's facing east and the sun rises right there and it gets bloody hot, you get sunlight on you, for example. And if you're, if you have trouble waking up in the morning, that's what you want to do. <laughs> you want to, you want to go to sleep, but open up your curtain and have that be one of the things that antagonizing antagonizes your your sleeping self. I am the sun. And, I'm gonna wake you up. Wait, what? Yeah, it's an it's a it's an alarm clock of sorts. But for me, it it I would have my curtains closed and stuff like that. And if I fall asleep there, even even though everything can be blotted out. The fact that it's face, if you get an east facing wall, for example, um, you'll get the morning heat as well. And the, it might not be the light, but it, the heat will wake me up. It will just make life hell. It might give me some interesting dreams being overheated. And then I'll be kind of forced awake and kicked out. And, uh, of course you're going to wake up tired if you if you went to bed really late and this is what wakes you up you're going to wake up a little wrecked but it's it's a very strange sauna experience to be forced out of bed like i just got to leave this room it's awful throw yourself out of bed you know go have a shower go like just go away but you ha but you're awake you're you're not just like awake like you've been kicked out of bed awake you're you're proper awake it's a very strange thing and like i didn't trust it so i had a nap like thanks to the lockdown like i'm at home right so um i didn't i didn't trust my state of mind so i tried to have a nap <laughs> it didn't really work out it made me more tired uh, but if you it, dude you you what's you were supposed to have a midnight bedtime but where'd that go you it and your uh, disappeared <laughs> And you want to blame Red Bull, and we had this conversation, right? And you're like, well, maybe I should just keep having Red Bull and see if this is the problem. I'm pretty sure that's the problem. You should switch to Red Bull. If I need to drink all your Red Bull, I'll do it for you. I have like I, I care. Uh... <laughs> Not about free Red Bull. I just I care about you, man. <laughs> some, and, and... Somehow that laughter doesn't make it seem trustworthy <laughs> for some odd reason. But you need to, um, 
first off, stop eating. Like I, when I stay up late, I notice that it's because I snack an extra time. In. And I know that's, but I know you, you eat a pretty late dinner and you complained about that before. And the curtain thing, that's probably going to be a real big help. It might be too much right now. Uh, but at some point when you're, when you should be getting up by sun up ish, then opening your curtains before going to bed might be a good thing as well as opening a window. Cause it's so like compared to the, like we've got air conditioning here, but it, it can be quite hellish. Have the window um, cracked open a bit. Yeah. It depends on where you are in the house. And of course this is a, uh, a weather thing and all this kind of stuff, but for most places on earth, you're probably going to want to save money and turn your air conditioning off if you even have it. And it's probably best to, to open the window at night. Um, if you can trust the outside, like put bars in your window or whatever the heck these days. So once you're corrected, having the curtains open might be the thing, but yeah, you need to, you, you need to figure your life out. I'll swear at you when we're off, off, stream um to use harsher language but it is it is a problem that you don't have uh, a bedtime and it sounds childish to say that an adult needs a bedtime but this this situation where people are being locked down is um it's bad enough that it's starting to damage people's uh, morale and their sleeping habits, especially like people that lost their job or something like that. There's more and more people that are in that boat. And if, if a person drifts, a lot of, a lot of people will drift into staying up later and later. And so my recommendation for you is to get, get off the internet as a start, have a bad time, even if it's like four in the morning and get off the internet and like you being loud at night is a big enough problem that I've wanted to just go turn the internet off and just be like, okay, go to sleep, go treat you like a toddler or like a, a 10 year old it's bedtime. Um, and that would make you a more like, cause I was talking about, it's not like you have guild activities that happen at a certain time of day where you ought to be staying up for a specific event. It's like you can do any of your events or schedule any of your events anytime you want. There's no difference between afternoon and evening for you. So may as well make it at some sensible time of day so that you can be in bed when other people are in bed so you don't bother them and you can be awake when other people are awake so you can possibly interact with them or you can like do stuff out in the world and stuff like that you should the world is totally different early in the morning man you should experience that it's a better place to be um, um you'll never be like me which is the biphasic thing where i will i'll wake up at three in the morning i'll wake up before the insects and i'll have a nap during the day but not many people are in that situation. And so it might be only possible on you know, Friday, Saturday, maybe Sunday. Um, but during the, obviously during the week, there's some people who, 
if if you own your own business and you can manage it right have a couch in your office <laughs> and do this um you can have a, a i knew a guy who he did that he was polyphasic and the poly being polyphasic is a very specific thing it's like a diet but for your sleeping and being polyphasic is you have a very specific managed cycle of awake and nap and the nap because of the nature of what you become when you do this the nap goes right into sleep now i don't think that would be appropriate for me i'd probably die but for what he was doing is it's it's you're you're up and even if you might want to get more stuff done you always go lie down and then your naps are like no more than 20 minutes and that's all you ever do is you're up for x amount of time then 20 minutes up for x amount of time so it might be your i can't remember what the schedule is but and ultimately and over the course of the day your technical your downtime is much shorter and there are incredible benefits for something like this because you remember how i was talking about the the seesaw of motivation of when a person burns out from like studying so you might begin your studying really strong and then normally you have this slope where you just become useless after x amount of time like if you're a terrible student it might be after one hour and it doesn't really matter how how hard you try you're you're going to be terrible at the studying is just not going to stick and so what you do is you you start strong then you start getting weak and then you just take a break but you come back as soon as you can like five minutes and you're 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 not as strong as beginning as before but that slope that would normally kind of crash it it takes it it gets a little bit weaker the next time you come back and a little bit weaker and that you get this little this little step and it and it you can be more effective over a length of time so you can imagine a graph where you have that big hump that's that slides off that's a certain surface area but if you get a big hump that starts sliding but pops that stays even a little bit more and then slides and then even a little bit more because you're taking these breaks even with the breaks in mind you get more surface area you get more effort you get more studying done for example and being polyphasic must be very much like that because you're having a really good shutdown and then you're coming back in so if it was over the like they're highly effective people that will work 12 hour days if you ever want to make money in life all you have to do is work be employed be gainfully employed for one hour a day more and if you do that um you'll you'll for what's the the, the ratio what do you is mean? sorry what do you if you want to be if you want to make money work what yeah if you want to make money but it isn't if you were to work 10 percent more gainfully right so if you were somehow to tack on 10 percent more hours from from the boss and get paid for that you a person that makes that works 10 percent more by hours or by wages or whatever if they figure that stuff out um they they walk away with some crazy amount like 25 percent more money because of things like overtime but also because there are other effects that happen so if if you work 
if you stay a little bit longer, um, I'll probably be more likely. You'll probably be more competent and probably be more valuable as an employee. You'll probably be a safer promotion. And it just, it just keeps going like that. And if a person is owns their own business, for example, and they were to actually put in the work and they were to work 12 hour days. You mean like more which effort is just like sometimes going out of your way? Hmm? Some neat sort. I'm thinking like applying some effort or going out of your way for things. Yeah. Um, and if you're, if you're a small business owner, um, you, everything relies on you. So every moment of effort that you put in is somehow going to pay off somewhere. So this is, there's a balance between a person who they are, their efforts are necessary and they can put in more effort, but they're not pulling off enough profit to hire somebody new to put in that effort because they can't pay for that new person yet. And so they're, they're, they're doing their 110% kind of thing. And so a lot of small businesses that don't know how to delegate yet or don't, don't have the resources to hire a new person or even a part-time or whatever, um, they'll they'll burn out this is one of the reasons why a lot of small businesses will fail and a lot of them fail so just keep that in mind you're not special so keep that in mind if you ever start your own business and the that burning out thing if a person were to sit there and just work and work even if they have the expertise to accomplish everything they're setting out to do um if they're work and work and work you'll get that efficiency slide where at the beginning of the day, they might be great. And then they'll just, they'll peter off until they get burnt out. So even though a person might be working nine hours, 10 hours, that extra hour doesn't necessarily mean they're accomplishing as much as they could have if they had breaks. So I had, um, I've had a three hour lunch break, for example, and life's really weird. If you can manage that kind of stuff, if like you wake up and your day goes from eight to eight, Right? That's a long time. But if you have a if you have actual away from the office breaks, or if you have significant and you can go someplace else, you can you you can shut down. And this is why the polyphasic napping thing seems like such an interesting notion. Because a person really does become absent from waking life and only for a certain amount of time. And so the world doesn't pass you by like it does when you go to sleep. Like normally I get like a adults are like six, seven hours, maybe if you're lucky. And, but the, if it's 20 minutes, the world doesn't pass you by, you come back in 20 minutes and you're refreshed, maybe not a hundred percent refreshed. Cause I know a lot of polyphasic people will be like 20 minute naps and then they have three hours of sleep or something. So maybe they're not a hundred percent until after their three hours, but you can Im imagine that 10, 12 hour small business day. Like this is the guy I knew he had his own business and this is what he was like. He, he, he was incredibly driven. This is why he was you know, in his early twenties, owned his own condo, you know, had hundreds of thousands of dollars of, 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 of value in the, the, in property, in the things that he owned and the stuff he was doing. That's most people are that in debt at his age. Right, it, they're just sunk by by all these efforts that they have. He he was lean and 
he was really profitable and he decided that he would just have more he would have more hours in the day by not sleeping and it's the weirdest thing you got to be a certain kind of person to deal with that um did we have somebody pop in and leave that's yeah, gonna be popped in said things while you were i know talking about studying um why why that was very strange so how much time do we have we've got another 20 minutes mm, i think we're we're, we're yeah, entering the break but i want to cut it well call today that would today. Be, that would be end right either we could a keep going or b call it today and i kind of want to call it, it right now this is normal end time is it not yes this is normal show end time is it not yes okay well we're gonna call it right now is there anything you want to chat about in terms of um of improvement while we're still on stream um i'll work on a playlist um i'll i'll have to edit that previous show because you were talking there was a copyright issue yeah so i'll i'll make a note to do that um do to do uh i do want to know more about the timer so maybe i'll look into that because i'm good for that i can tell you it's like a few clicks away but that's pretty much it um because i might be able to develop my own thing depending on what the programming is for their it's lu lua yeah i know some lua so i can probably do that because i remember you mentioning that um before but I don't think you fully understood what you were saying. So I can. I do. You to... I know what I said this time. <laughs> so I can, I can prompt you to give me some more information for that. Um, in terms of your stuff, um, improve your checklist to include the 30 seconds of silence. And I'm noting that on my end of stuff. Um, question for you um it is a little annoying to to is it possible for you to stop and start the the local recording to have multiple not files? while streaming not while streaming oh, that's sick. that's annoying okay so never mind that it's not a big deal okay so i guess we're done thank you everybody who's been listening we're going to be back in um what wednesday We'll be back on yeah, Wednesday, same time. Wednesday. There's a schedule on Twitch. And we should probably have like the YouTube channel or something like that. Yeah, there's Just... a few things I got to change up and make improvements. I'll do that tomorrow okay. on, our, on okay, the streaming good. time. Make a to-do note for yourself. And we're done. Okay, thank you, everybody. Thank you. Bye.